Squared Circle 101, you got your man, that Thai Italian stallion, Sunny Ale up in here. Now with me is the only dude I met to get a two-for-one at work. He sold women's shoes for money and a fetish. My man, Shooter. How you doing today, brother? <laughs> Don't tell people that, man. It's, it was never like that. Not like that. <laughs> uh, that's not what I heard. I'm that's all right, not what I heard. I'm all right. I'm good. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook.com forward slash Squared Circle 101. Or on Instagram at Squared Circle 101. And we still dying for some feedback on Gmail. Or troll us on Twitter at Talking Smack 101. I'm ready to get this started. The champ is here, baby. Ugh. Now that I'm feeling good and hype, let's feel better with the best. Three years running, I am RCF.com. This is CrossFit. These dudes, they gotta be the best in West Washington. They move into bigger locations. My man Lowe was telling me about, they're thinking about opening them. Gyms up outside of Washington. Of course, they said Hawaii at first. I was like, I thought you wanted a gym to work out at. It was not a vacation spot. Hey, man, I'll move to that gym, man. I was like, man, you might need some help down there. Low do that, man. I'm gone. Right? <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have our private jets by then. You can just, you know, fly in for your workouts. That, 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 that's like a power move if you flew in just for your workouts, right? I actually plan on it. Oh, like, it was, it was one of the goals, man. Like, Dead uh, serious. Whose, whose goal isn't that? Make sure you hit them up, imrcf.com, forward slash contact. Do the two-week trial, 14 days. Shooter can't keep a shirt on. It's, you're not going to find anything more affordable. This is the place to be, especially if you want to test yourself. Why not try it if you're in Western Washington, imrcf.com. How you feeling, man? I know you live there now. I'm sexy as hell right now, man. I can't even lie to you, man. Like... <laughs> We were just we were just talking about it today, man. I didn't cut a lot of weight out, and I hardly had to change my. We diet were just at all. talking about it. Who was just talking about it? Uh, me and uh, my trainer Low. So we were just we were just not homo at all. Nah, no, not at all, man. He was like, "Hey, Low, you looking sexy? Hey, you too." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Were you bumping it. Justin Timberlake, bringing sexy back? At the no, same time? we was not. We were not, man. Hardcore gangster rap was played when we work out. You're not gonna find better pricing than this, I, man. Some of them CrossFit gyms, three hundred twenty-five bucks a month for their membership. Just yeah, divide that by they two. Got, they got, um, and they've been signing up a lot of people, especially this month, man. We've, I've been seeing new faces almost every day, man. So hey. everybody knows what it's about, not even just from the show, man. It's like they, they put out a great product, man. So and shout out to RCF. Exactly. And we're just here to, tell, to bring some good stuff to you, good news, good information that you might be useful. And wellness and staying fit is always useful. So just check them out. You'll love these guys if you're in West Washington. Two-week free trial. I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? Now that I'm feeling good, what you got for me, man? You can you can drop three quotes. You got nah, man. Just what's the one, keys to victory? The How keys do you to victory, win? man. Success. It's a journey. It's not a destination, man. So wherever you get to, you can't be. You have to think outside the box. You can't be complacent. When you get when Bill Gates made his first billion, you think he stopped there. Warren Buffett, all these guys. It, it's these guys are still successful, but they don't quit, man. So it's just like you're never gonna. If you never set yourself as trying to make it to the mountaintop and you always climbing man who knows who knows where you can go after that man don't ever set limits on yourself success is a journey not a destination i like that i like that not a destination that's good because everybody has their own definition of success and you should never be satisfied and that's one of the things that keep these people successful um kind of like uh kind of like i guess me and the women never satisfied <laughs> right? that's the only thing i can think of when i compare it you know so wait you know, now, who's said, never satisfied you or the women me. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never got their opinion on it, though. <laughs> Did it matter? Of course not. Yeah. Don't you know who I think I am? And I think I'm Sunny Eel here, and we're here to discuss the sweet science. We had a stacked fight weekend. We had some theatrical events. A lot of people were following. We had PBC bringing it as usual. You know, Showbox New Generation had some fights going on, uh, but we're going to talk about what's really relevant. And we had PBC, Fox Sports, running it. This was on primetime. HBO had their fight card. Now, the first fight on there I want to talk about was, uh, I believe you picked Spielka. Arthur Spielka. I sure did. I went with Kaunaki because uh, he, he had no tattoos. All business, right? 
and you know what, man, that worked out for you for your benefit, man. Yeah. I went against, uh, I went against Spilka. I went for Spilka. You know, he just coming off a loss to Deontay Wilder. So just seeing what we always say, how do you bump yeah. back? How do you come back from a loss? And what kind of fighter are you? That well, was that was really. He's the fighter that's gonna get knocked out, man. It was a gut pick, but still, man, you did pick that right, man. Adam. It was Kalanaki. a gut feeling on that one. Just a gut feeling. Um, just because Spilka should have won. Obviously, being in with better competition, he, but no, he was no, not even just better competition. Uh, Spilka was a better, he was in better shape, he was a better boxer, but he just fought scary, man. He got uh, outworked. Adam Kawanaki was power was it was a problem. He stayed on top of Spilka, pause, right? stayed on top of him, uh, and he wasn't backing down. Had a knockdown in round four, and in round yeah, and that's where he ended it that's with TKO. Yep. So. Um, Spilka, I was watching the fight. The first few rounds, I was just like, "This guy's living on borrowed time." Oh yeah, it's yeah. gonna. It's, it was looking tell. rough. You could tell he, he was when really those punches were landing. He was feeling them. Yeah, he was feeling them. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I noticed with fighters. You get your guys, Deontay Wilder, who's got that one punch knockout power. Yeah. You guys got like Kamnaki, where every punch that lands is a bomb. You know, and I don't know what's worse, the dude that every punch lands just you feel it, you feel the power. And you feel the pain, like that, like fighting Provodnikov or something. Then you got Deontay Wilder. When he tags you, they just wake you up. Yeah, so Deontay Wilder uh, KO'd Spilka in the ninth round. Yeah. Kawanaki got him out of around four rounds. <sighs> That's a beatdown. That's a beatdown right there. And then now Styles Ooh. make fights, and you never know because uh, Kawanaki was a way bigger boxer, but still, I mean, you always— Come forward, we, only thing we can All we can do is compare. So we're looking at Deontay Wilder, get him out of nine, Spilka get him out in— Four. Yeah, and that's man, he he just battled two Polish dudes and he just put everything on him, was relentless. Uh one of the things you could tell that the power is in both hands too. Um I remember they asked Floyd Bayweather who who hits the hardest out of the guys he fought, he said Canelo, because he has power in both hands. Yeah. He felt it. Um and then it makes more sense too when you saw the boxing unless he put on him. But Kaunaki is 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 this guy gonna be a name we talk about again? Um, what do you think? How is he with the elite? Because we just right now the fight of the year is still going to be Klitschko and Joshua. Yeah, it's it, it, how is he when it comes to elite? I can say he could be that that second tier as of right now. He's sixteen and zero right now. Okay, with that with that win that puts him at sixteen and zero with thirteen knockouts. Mm -hmm. But the heavyweight division is not that stacked. I mean, you have your cream of the crop, yeah. and then you have that next tier. It's not going to be a lot after that. You know, you got your Deontay Wilders, your Joshua's, your Joseph Parker's, your you your Hugh, your Tyson Fury's, Luis Ortiz, Luis Ortiz. You got your um, the big baby Jarrell yeah, Miller, Jarrell Miller, Dominic Brazil, and you know Dylan White's and stuff. Eric Molin. I mean, Alexander Provotkin. So we're naming all these guys, but like. As far as contenders, there's not many on top of that. So I well, mean, I could he could be in that top ten. If we just like right now, I couldn't put him in with any of the champs and expect no, him to win. No, not yet. Not at all. Not yet. He's definitely still wet behind the ears. You could tell. Now another fighter who's but power power will always keep you in it. That's so. right. You always have a punch's chance. Yes. That's why you. Those are the guys that usually last the longest uh, and take the longest to retire because they know they got that one punch power. And you know we're gonna cover that that punch and power too. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, another guy who went behind his ears is uh, Marcus Brown. So this is a guy we've seen him fight a couple times. Yeah. Um, I'm, I feel like this is an actual great white hype, right? Because I've never heard of Shawnee Monahan until this fight. Had a record of 28-0. and um, Going into the fight, Marcus Brown, apparently, and these guys known each other for years. Yeah. From uh, one's from Long Island, the other one's from Staten, Staten Island. Island. Uh, they boxed with each other for years. But Sean Monaghan and his 28 fights, where do they come from? All right? uh, it was like 16 of those bar fights, and the other ones they just kind of threw on from sparring matches. Um, or 14 of them from um, Mexico, like, you know, Adonis Creed. So the thing about that that kind of was funny is watching that fight. I had no notes to write down for this fight for Shawnee Monaghan. I just watching this fight. It was one hundred percent Marcus Brown. Oh yeah. Here, hold on. Before we even get before we even get to that, let's let's take let, a look let's, and see. Let's, let's see if this is legit. Because if I see Sonny Ill on his uh, fight record, we might have to question this dude. And when did you weigh two hundred plus? Ah, you never know. <laughs> um. So I'm just gonna name his last six fights. Okay. Fernando Castaneda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea. Yeah. Uh. Jane Forsman, Donovan George, Fulgencio Zuniga, 
Clayton kind of... Maybe okay. they were. So Donovan George way, had to be probably the only legit yeah. one in there. I, they made up those other names, right? They had to yeah. make up those other names. I mean, the thing is, he got he got them all out of there. Okay. But that is a padded record. It's padded 28 Does it say where he fought them? All in New York, by any chance? So we got a couple of Nebraskas, New Yorks, New Yorks, New Yorks, Jersey, Vegas. Local fight club fighter. Yeah, so New York, so Vegas. You yeah, might have seen Shawnee Monaghan fight. While you were gambling at the at just some local walking, casino, just walking by in the ring. Oh, there's a fight in there. Hey, they have that Vegas sometimes right on Fremont Street. They'll have the ring right there, and the fights going on. Uh, so, um, Marcus Brandy came out. He was a uh, Chris. He was sharp. He had the Adrian Broner demeanor when he came out. His look, his kind of style, man. He was really calm. He was. He was a ring general in there, yeah, man. Yeah. He took control of it, man. Um, he was convinced he was going to win too, and that's yeah. uh, that's a confidence. There's one thing being confident where you believe you could win, but when you're convinced you could win, you either dominate or get KO'd usually because you get sloppy. Yeah. Um, but this was too easy for him. Knocked down a round two, round one, ended the fight TKO round two. He just stayed, he just jumped on him once he saw uh, once he hurt Monaghan was hurt. It was a different class of fighter, man. Yeah. There's not, we can't admit, I mean, we've seen Marcus Brown fight a few times. We covered, here, hold on. Yeah, let's let's go through Marcus Brown because he's this is at one seventy five, right, or one sixty eight. Yeah, this is no, one seventy five. One seventy five. So, so these guys are light heavy, and we know right now that the number one pound for pound fighter is currently there at one seventy five. Yeah. Not we don't know for how much longer, but no. But at the same time, though, they did have um, Virgil Hunter sitting there on the sideline talking right. about, hey, what do you have? You know, what do you think of this guy compared? Now, uh, Aaron Pryor Jr. is one of the names that he has. Okay. Uh, Marcus Brown has on his record, but his last fight, uh, Thomas Williams, we covered that earlier. That was actually this year. A, uh, that's a good win right there. Thomas Williams just lost to Adonis Stevenson, and then he also beat uh, Labamba. I can't think of his name, but this is his nickname, Labamba. Um, Thomas Williams is, is a pretty good fighter. Yeah, so that was a good win for him. I remember watching that one. Uh, who was before Thomas Williams? Uh, uh, Radivoy. Cause I'm not, not gonna not gonna work here anymore. I understand your roles. If anybody's gonna mispronounce names, buddy, it's me. Okay, you well, need to come, get on, this. Well, come over here and you read this. Right there, read that, read that. Oh, what man, does that say? That's Rod Diggle. That's, is that Rod, Rod Digger. Rod Digger. He, he fought Rod Digger. Hey man, I'd fight Rod Digger, yo. And she's, no, you wouldn't. She put hands on you. She's kind of cute too. So. <laughs> anyway, so. Marcus Brown, uh, he's going to be a contender, but that he- that light heavyweight, well... He's a contender now, I'd say, just because the light heavies is a handful of top fighters, really, that's uh, considered elite. Correct. Um, so he's definitely already a contender. Now, we need to step him up, obviously, to, to see where he actually would sit with the, the upperclassmen. Because uh, he, he's definitely ready for no Sergey Kovalov. Um, I don't want to see Jean Pascal fight anymore, so hopefully they won't feed him. Uh, maybe a well, Lucian Boutte. Well, no, maybe he should fight somebody who's a little bit better. I was thinking like a Lucian, like Lucian Boutte might be a decent one. But that's the yeah, same category as him. Uh, Hopkins could always come out of retirement. Um, <laughs> or no, I, I don't want to see Hopkins Actually, no the best candidate might be uh, Joe Smith Jr., who we'll talk about later. That would be a good test right there. Um, there's some good names out there, though, for 175 that we could throw him in with to see where he stands. Uh, Steve Cunningham, I believe he's a 175 also, USS... Uh, Steve Cunningham, so that might be a good one. But Marcus Brown commanded it, t- made it easy work. Uh, Shiny Monahan, well, good news for him is, is it's kind of like a rapper in New York. You could stay in New York and still make money. So that's good news for him in Long Island itself. But Marcus Brown, what are you going to do with Strong Island? You're going you're gonna to stay there and become like Shiny Monahan, or are you going to step up to the next level and, and prove to us where you belong? I think this kid uh, deserves and belongs in the spotlight. I think he has the demeanor of what it takes it could be, whether he'll be a champ or not, and can he stay focused, right. can he stay on top of his game mm-hmm. and do it, we'll see, to only time will tell. But this kid, he looked good. Yep. He looked really, really great in there, man. So, real good and calm. And you can see with Sean, Sean, Shawnee Monaghan that he was real, this, this, the lights got to him. You know, he was a little, the moment got to him. I have nothing. There yeah. was nothing of relevance that I could write down to see or to take precedence on what he actually did in the ring. He did nothing in there. I think I wrote down, saw this in the Great White Hype, pretty much. But now, what ended up being a great hype for me was a fight I was kind of excited, looking forward to, um, was action-packed. And that was the main event on there, the Omar Figueroa. 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 
and Robert, Robert the Guerrero. Ghost Guerrero. Figaro? Figaro. Don't now, do do Robert that. the Ghost Guerrero. Great fighter. Love this dude. Uh, Omar Figueroa, he took like uh, almost a year and a half, but they said two years off because of yeah, his hands. Yeah, 19 months because he had um, kept fra he kept fracturing. He took 19 months off because he kept fracturing yeah. both in his hands. I've, I've always heard those stories about him fracturing his hands for probably up to three years, for three years before he actually had to take that break. Um, and that sucks when you're in the hurt business because you uh, that's, 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 that's your money right there. If you can't if you can't use your hands, you can't do a lot of jobs, especially okay. when it's involved in punching people. Right, you end up you end up in sales pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Even then, you still got to type, baby. <laughs> if you're good enough, you know, <laughs> just bring them around the computer and just tell them what to do. But Omar Figueroa was a guy who's had a lot of hype behind him, a lot of high expectations, and kind of got forgotten because of this layoff. Um, always known as a power puncher, he was fighting at 135 before this. Kind of has like, even though they went out for different reasons, that kind of like that Mikey Garcia type thing going on, man. You had to take that layoff, yeah. and then you kind of get forgotten about and how good you can be. Because dude came back in, he looked hell out of shape. Oh, man. He I, was, I thought it was a WWE terrible. wrestler. Oh, man. it might as well have been, especially for a welterweight. You don't see too many fat welterweights He got like up to that, 190 man. pounds. That's what they like, were talking look, about, man. under 200. You could have took a walk, bro. You didn't yeah. have to. You didn't have to train with the mitts. You got to sit down. You know, you don't need your hands to do a sit up. You yeah. know, <laughs> you know, run, like, just run, just run, rock, get, just run, do that. You, you weren't work, playing man. video games, obviously, either. So you know, you no. got to do some, bro. You know, at least wear the shirt that has the fake abs on it. <laughs> Anything to show us. But the B shirt. Another thing they reminded me of, though, for him, kind of looking, you know, a little flabby for a fighter. Um, just like watching Butterbean, power still there. Yeah. Power still there. You know, they can make another great white hype reference because Damon Wayans still had his power when he was chasing the ice cream man down. And <laughs> Robert the Gross Guerrero felt that power. You know what's really funny is the first round he came out, he looked marvelous. Robert Goats coming from his Hungry. last fight. Coming from uh, his last fight, Robert Guerrero looked fantastic because mm -hmm. his last fight he was really out of shape. He was really fat when he came uh, uh yeah, uh, David Peralta. He lost to a cab it. driver. Yeah. Lost, yeah, literally lost to a cab driver. It's a cab driver. I mean, the dude gave him a ride to the arena, and they're like, hey, you want to make some money? Yeah, come on. I got to fight for you. you know what I mean? Not knowing who he was. Not, not, exactly. That would suck. That would suck really bad. But nobody knocks out the ghost. Like, in his losses he has, it's not because he got knocked out. No. Um, and Omar Figueroa, man, he put a so hurting on him. The first, no, the first... Yeah, well, he did. The first round, Robert Rowe, he came out. He looked good. He had great, great movement. He showed that he was a different class and caliber fighter after that first round. Uh, going in, they were just talking about how, I was just saying how he looked out of shape. But round two, it was the uppercuts and the hooks that Omar Figueroa got was killing Robert Guerrero with. And that's where... It was funny because one of those things is like you see it in a lot of boxing matches. Like it, people who have sneaky power, kind of like the Omar Figueroa, he he'll catch you, and then he'll stop. But then he sees, he stuns you, and then he'll get on top of you. He doesn't follow up his punches. He'll yeah. admire his work first, but he's just like, oh, I hurt you, yeah. and then that's what he stayed on. So like it was one after the uppercuts in round two, but uh, I, that he stunned and shocked him, and he got the three knockdowns in the round in round two. Now I tried to say when uh, when Pacquiao fought the school teacher. That we saw him age in the ring, and that's that's probably a phrase in line that a lot of people will hear me say all the time. You know, you watch, you can, you'll always watch a fighter age in the ring when they're near the end. Yeah. Robert Guerrero went from thirty-five to fifty-five in four rounds because he came out looking great, like like a young, hungry fighter. And then when the punches came in, the mental decisions were wrong. Oh. Which led to... So, one of the things I had written down for this. Stay inside your lane. Now, we do... Boxing probably has the most cliches when it comes to, like, anything. Like, you yeah. know, basketball, you got the hand down, man down boxing. Mm -hmm. Don't hook with a hooker. No. Not at Dude, all. first of all, you beat them convincingly yeah. the first round by outboxing them. Why are you going to go with in the middle? You left... He left his boxing in he his corner and came out and brawling with him. I'm like, you played into his... Game plan. And it's one of those things I think, like, with him, it, you know, if you're not normally good at bowling, but you but you bowl a 300 one time, you're going to think you're the best and this is the only way to do it. Robert Guerrero was always known when he was a 130-pound champion for having an awkward southpaw style, but then he brawled with Andre Berto and beat him. Bad. Bad. 
And then for some reason, he either felt comfortable or just kind of convinced himself that that's his style. Because if you look at all his fights after that, like, when people were giving him a chance against Mayweather, they were expecting him to be a smart boxer. Instead, he had no game plan at all. At all. I think he really thought Mayweather was going to stand and trade with him. He was already in 40-some-odd fights then, and you think he's going to stand and trade with you. Mayweather will get you off your own hype, too. Right. It, you come off uh, the worst beatdown. Andre Berto went off of it. You beat Andre Berto the worst he's ever seen any look. And then all of a sudden, a style that's <laughs> Andre Berto looked like he had an allergic reaction to something. Yeah, he got, stung in his eye, he got stung in both of his eyes by a wasp I can look like you're wearing like sunglasses that. without sunglasses. Dude, man, it is, he, had to wear, he had to wear the top guns after that, man, to cover both eyes, man. It was terrible. So, after you're coming off of that, you know, you think you can do anything. You think it's in there and brawl, man, when it's smarts that win this, man. Yeah. We're no. going to cover some other fights where it's just like you have to use your brain, man. This is not... I mean, it is a savage sport, but it's a thinking man sport, man. And that's coming from Mike Tyson. Mike right. Tyson said that years ago. It's a thinking man sport. And there's more fights we're going to talk about that exact example because there's if you have to use your brain, but then there's going to be those fighters out there that will you have no choice but to brawl them. Yeah, no. If they stay on top, if they stay on top of you, that's one. That's one thing. But Robert Guerrero, you were outboxing him. Hey, that's why I always have a lot of respect for Willie Monroe Jr. Because when the he Mongols. fought, yeah, when he fought Triple G, I think it was like the third round. He was like, "Well, there's no boxing this guy. Yeah, there's just no boxing this yeah. guy. I can't do it." So he stood his ground and fought. And I remember when the ref called it off in the sixth round, he just stood. I was like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look." There's but, look. I have no problem with anybody no problem dying with on their shield. At all. If you get if you're outclassed, but stay what's going to work for you. Exactly. Stay what's going to work for you. Uh, Robert Guerrero, man, you should have stayed out. You should have stayed outside and yeah. did what you did around with. Five knockdowns in this fight. That's crazy, man. Five that's, knockdowns. That's cr- and he got up five times. He sure did. But then the thing is, when you that, that was his first KO. That was his first KO loss. And then when he got up. Nobody knocks out the ghost. Nobody knocks out the ghost. When he got up, he and they called it off. He was like, yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah, I'm, uh, okay, yeah, I'm, understand. Good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You know, I, and I like the ghost a lot, man, because you know he's got he's got one of those good heartfelt stories. He took that two years off of boxing to uh, take care of his, his wife, wife, who had cancer, you know, and that's and she survived it. They've been mm-hmm. their high school sweethearts. Yeah, you know, we talk. How often do you come across that, especially in, in a hurt business like this? Man. And uh, if, if anything, it's for sure. It was either either he loves her or it's a smart investment. It's like, look, if I don't take I can take care of her now because the odds are I'm gonna need her to take care of me. Yeah. Because we see what this damage could do to you in the long run. Uh-huh. So, you know, you make sure she holds you now, it won't be so bad. You know. But the ghost retiring, announcing it, definitely the right decision. Yeah, I think so. You, you just this is not the business where you go through the motions. No. Like this in football. Like you can't just go there and show up. Football maybe even a little bit less. Yeah. I mean, you can pick and choose either or basketball both is, is probably you the only one where you can just coast. David Robinson, he spent his whole his whole yeah. career being really not that competitive. I'm gonna take you back real quick. I was at Valley Village with my kid, and I saw a starting lineup. David Robinson's there. There was like five of them, all the same ones. And I was like, I was tempted to buy it, but I was like, somebody just donated and gave it to it. But that's yeah. I, I was surprised to see that. I haven't thought of a starting lineup in years. <laughs> so it's like this isn't a sport that you can coast through or you can go through the motions, man. Uh, like uh, you could you could die in this ring, man. I feel like you if could, you man. if you end up like as that fighter, you're gonna be fighting in bars. Uh, like if you ever seen that at the beginning of Rocky, he fought some dude Spider Rico in a bar with uh, no actual seating, just dudes sitting at the bar, kind of watching the fight. Um, and that's as well. How did Roberto Duran get 101 wins, right? Yeah. Because it's easy to do it. Now, for the ghost retiring, I think this is a great moment where the dude made the right decision at the right time. Yeah. Didn't go on too long like Pacquiao might see. Um, another great Roy Jones. Now, Roy Jones is definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, first ballot, no questions on that one. Pacquiao, Hall of Famer. But Robert the Ghost Guerrero, who's had a great career, multi division world champion mm-hmm. where does he end up in the hall of fame is he going to be like one of these guys kind of like andre reed in football uh ends up on the ballot every year seven years in a row doesn't get in until maybe near the end when there's this like when we just because we don't want to have to in we're going to put you in instead um let's uh, robert ghost how's how's his wins and losses 
what kind of names we got on there? So, I mean, you got the his biggest, well, two of his biggest wins would come against, uh, well, three of his biggest wins. You got a, well, you got a no decision versus Orlando Salido. Okay. Good name. <laughs> Yeah, um, you unanimous decision against Andre Berto for the interim WBC title. Uh, Yoshiro Kamagai. Yeah, yeah. So you got that one. Your losses. You know, you got the Omar Figueroa. You got the Danny Garcia loss. Aaron Aaron Martinez. Oh no, he beat Aaron Martinez. The Keith Thurman. You know the Floyd's. (sighs) I'm gonna. I hate to be a hater. I'm gonna say no. But now, I got a couple other names in there. Let me see if they. How you feel about them? Sab Judah. Yeah. Ricky Hatton. Nah. Why is Zab Judah and not Ricky Hatton? I respect Zab Judah's record more. Let's pull Ricky Hatton. Let's see what he got there. Because Ricky Hatton was tearing through the midways and was the first fighter I actually thought was going to... I thought he was going to beat Floyd. Boy, was I off on that one. Because uh, I... I definitely didn't expect him to get knocked out, but he was probably, you know, doing some yay before he walked into the ring. The with, hit man. Uh, with, you know, with the, hey, hey, girl, bring that ring card over here. Let me chop this up real quick, and we'll just roll up the ring card and do it right here on the table. Okay, hold on, man, because you may actually make me eat my words. Ah, I'll just like pull some alphabet down. soup. Hold on, let's see. Let me go we'll pop see. a can right now. Ricky the Hitman hit. Well, actually, nah. That may not eat my words. So Ricky Hatton, his record alone, uh, forty-five and three, uh, thirty-two uh, knockouts. Great, great percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, only losses to Floyd Mayweather, uh, Floyd Manny Pacquiao, Pacquiao in his and, last uh, fight of his career. Vasil Lomachenko, Vasil no, something, yeah. Sinchenko. Sinchenko, yeah. Yeah, Sinchenko though. Yeah, so you got a TKO, probably not, probably Old Jose Luis. Uh, well, no, not old, but uh, Jose Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a Luis Colazo unanimous decision in there. You got a you got a uh, Costa Zoo. Okay, that was a good win actually. That was right near the yeah, end of the. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good win, Costa Zoo. Mm-hmm. He's dangerous. And then after that, well, we got in here. We got a Michael Stewart TKO victory. Who was a uh, thirty six and two when he came into that. Um, you know, Carlos Wilfredo Velchez, uh, forty one and four. You know, forty four and two. He fought. He fought good guys with really, really good, respectable records. You no, know, I might. I might have to agree with your first decision because I'm definitely going to give Zab Judah the better resume and opponents. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if Zab Judah got who got the better wins on this one. But Zab Judah definitely fought some of those better names. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky Hatton, first guy to ever knock out Pauli Malignaggi. Um, and that, I had instant respect for Pauli because he stood fought Ricky Hatton. And he stood and fought Koto, a dude who can't, like, you know, crack an egg. Mm-hmm. Fought these heavy punchers. Um, Polly, is, is that a guy? That's one of those the jury might be out because, you know what, I'm starting to. I think Polly might be one of those few who makes the Hall of Fame for multiple reasons. For his, his boxing career and yeah, his, his, um, his commentating. commentating. Yeah. Oh, and that's exactly one of the things I was going to say, too. He's Polly. He has a more rounded boxing mm-hmm. career for you. even though his like resume is not dev- I mean he has he has a good resume, but it's wins, not devastating yeah. wins. But yeah, he he has what it takes as far as career to hey, be able to get it. Two time champion with six or seven knockouts total in his career. Magic man. I, I love his commentating. Um he 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 brings a good insight, especially with uh, everything going on with that spectacle and event. But out of all these names there, are these guys gonna fall in this class or category where we're always going to say they're good, great fighters, but they're just not that hot. They just don't get the yellow jacket. They don't get that 24K Shooter McGavin jacket. So, look, I know he was older at this time. We're pulling up uh, Zab Judah's record. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a Mickey Ward in there. Oh, McGavin. Yeah, you got a Mickey Ward in there, though. You got you got that. <laughs> you Costa got the Zoo. Bambi. You got Costa Zoo. The Bambi legs. But you got Demarcus Corley. Ooh, yeah, chop, chop. He fought, I mean, he fought so, him twice. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was there at the second fight. Yeah, so you got uh, Corey Spinks twice. Yep. So you know you got Floyd. <laughs> Corey Spinks when he uh, when he he came out to uh, Nelly in St. Louis, and I was like, "It's a bad idea, bro." <laughs> and he got knocked out on that one. Uh, Floyd, Miguel Cotto, Joshua Clotty. You got Matisse, Mir Khan, Danny Garcia, Polly. Ooh. Okay. So I mean, and then his record alone was uh, forty-three and nine. What thirty KOs, man? And when you're going from you know, Judah, lightweight never to ducked, seven, nobody yeah, fought he, everybody. Yeah, he's I'm, probably got a, one of the I think total better resumes than a lot of fighters as in terms of just the competition you faced. Yeah. Um, regardless of his wins and losses. Yeah. Because 
you could say Danny Garcia cherry picked. You could say Floyd waited so long to fight Pacquiao. Yeah. You could say uh, you know Ricky Hatton was even you know uh, was already having trouble making weight when he fought Floyd. There's so many excuses for a lot of fighters. Zab Duda, he fought you don't the have best. Those. No, he, does, he doesn't have those. Like, not you don't, at you all. don't have a. He may not have won, but there's you respect those losses. Yeah. Definitely. And then see, and it's, and you know what? I think that's when I get into a lot of arguments uh, with a lot of people. Not mm-hmm. even just boxing, just period, and sports in general. The respect factor has to be there, man. Like you have to feel like, like who was it? <sighs> who was it? It was. I hate to say this, and I hate that I'm even repeating this. It was Skip Bayless. Ha! Skip Bayless. He was just like. And he's like, I pick my Hall of Famers and stuff like that right off instinct. Like, if I don't feel like right away, he's just like, like when you told me when you told me Ricky Hatton, I was like, no, nah, I don't no. feel it, cause just because yeah. I didn't feel it when you told me. And even with Polly Malinaji, I was like, eh, I kind of give him the yeah. head. I would kind of give Polly Malinaji the head. Well, up career. Then for just an overall career. Because life then, after boxing could matter and determine it, I believe. Because it really could. How many fighters do we talk about? I mean, think about the fighters at a, at a, at a big event, at a price fight now. And they show the fighters in the crowd. Most of them are active. And then every now and then you get that one or two that's in the crowd that's still established doing something else. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You got George Foreman in the crowd because he got Well, that, that too. But then at the same time, is you're still seeing, well, I mean, even though I said no, you're still seeing Rick, Ricky Hatton's there watching the fight. The you see, You see he's on there watching the fight. And just like um, how they have Roberto Duran, who's, mm-hmm. man, what? Why do these boxers get so I'm pretty sure Roberto Duran just gets free tickets sent to him <laughs> randomly because, like, you know, this dude's got 101 wins. Yeah. But like, 33 losses. Yeah, so. Just, he's he's automatic comp. So. Automatic comp. There's going to be people claiming his tickets after he's dead. They're like, yeah, I got two tickets for Roberto Duran right here. <laughs> like, what does that name sound familiar? I don't know. Headstone, I just had a movie come out. <laughs> I just had a movie come out and you're 30 years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is about my life. <laughs> It's a pretty good movie. You should watch it. Check it out sometimes. But oh Hall of Fame, that 24K Shooter McGavin jacket, what do you got to do to get to it? And when a fighter retires, they all have an idea where they stand towards that goal. Because I assume they all want to be champions, but how many want to be a champion in the Hall of Fame? Right? Good question to ask. And I can answer it because it's a sweet science. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook.com forward slash Square Circle 101. Or somebody just troll us on Twitter. Talk a little smack to us. Make sure you download in the application too, man. It's in your Play Store. It's in your iTunes exactly. all that, man. Now, we have uh, some technical difficulties with iTunes and Google Play uh, updating. But if you're hearing this, that means you're listening to it on SoundCloud because you're a true head. You're a true head. You and know, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. We had a couple follows uh, come in this past uh, couple days because they hit me up. They was like, yo. No new show says what? And I was like, duh, duh, we're working on it. We work on it. But the ghost, farewell. Now that you're ghost, actually. Um, didn't think that would work out that way. Now, HBO had a fight card. It was a great fight card. Great fight great card. Great fight card. One of my quietly favorite fighters is Joe Smith Jr., the average Joe, the construction worker. We have, man, we've had a cab driver, a school teacher, and a construction worker. Look, that just lets you know that anybody can get it, man. No, like, I, that just lets you know that we just need two more to complete the village people. That's what saying, right? <laughs> That's all that lets you know. That's all that does right there, man. YMCA. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, okay. But Joe Smith Jr. Hey, how long have you been holding on to that? I just thought of it right now, baby. It comes off the top. You know, it just, it just flows through. It just flows through. What am I kidding? Can I hear for a gangster? You know what I'm saying, man? It's, it's a gift and a curse. What am I going to do? What you? But Joe Smith Jr., Man, in that first round, I was psyched. I was like, yes. Aggressive, savage, knocked down round one. Like, I, like, he came out like he was. He fresh popped off. him and hurt him. Like, Shouldn't have was... celebrated, though. Jumped right on the corners after that knockdown. Yeah. That could have been his demise right there alone. No. Well, what do we always say? Class tells over time. Sylvan Barrera. His one loss, not really a loss, right? Andre Ward. What do we expect from Cuban fighters? A healthy resume and great boxing IQ. Great boxing IQ. Hey, have you... Okay, this man pitched a shutout. I really stopped keeping score. Mm-hmm. I think Harold Letterman gave him uh, gave Joe Smith two uh, rounds, one, one or two, two rounds, rounds yeah. you know, besides the knockdown. Even stopped, Harold Letterman said that he would have scored that first round 10-9 because he was getting worked to the knockdown. Oh, no, 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 no. I, what does it say right here? You can't read. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, 6-23. to 23, Six uh, punches from CompuBox. That's punches landed. Joe Smith landed six punches to Solomon Barrera's 23. Just happened to catch him with that hook and knock him down. That literally was still like 
Sullivan Barrera's round. Sullivan Barrera looked he looked great. really good. He looked great. Now is this another yeah. Canelo moment? That did that loss from Andre Ward elevate you even better? Because we already know that Cubans are great thinkers in the ring. Yeah. The the way that they're developed with their skill throughout the amateurs. Because even the if pros. you look at uh, Luis Ortiz, man, uh, Cuban looks great. Looks just real like, good. and that's a heavyweight that's too. A, he's that's just a like, big boy. So. Um, Joe Smith Jr., his only loss, he had his, uh, <laughs> he had his jaw broke. Two, so his only two losses, his jaw has been broken. Yeah. He fought nine rounds with his jaw broken right now. He, he had surgery today. So, his power is overwhelming. The whole time I was thinking about this, this I was just man, like... Man, Joe Smith Jr. is an old school throwback dude. Because talk about it, it's like it, that dude who gets hurt on the job, yeah. but, but just keeps working because he doesn't want to lose his job and have to miss work. So, Joe Smith Jr., he was dangerous at all times. Because at the same time, every once in a while, he would catch Sullivan Barrera, Barrera and just be like, alright, man, I got this guy." He rocked dangerous. him, reminded him what the power was. He really did. And you know what I thought about? Even though it wasn't as dramatic as that... Mm -hmm. The whole time I was watching this fight, I was just like, this guy has the kind of power where I see a Chavez senior and a Meldrick Taylor. I'm yeah. like, if you just get dominated this whole fight and it ends up knocking out Sullivan Barrera at the very it's end. It's a happy I can say, Like, it, it yeah. really is, though. But uh, Joe Smith, after watching this, man, I'm sorry to talk about your boy. He's a stock fighter, man. Now he is. He, he, he doesn't have much to him. He has power, and he has a couple, he has some one-twos. I mean, that hook is what uh, drops Sullivan Barrera, but... But this is also that difference. Class tells over time, and... Yeah. When you have a huge amateur background, those are the things you just learn, right? And, and, and when you got a guy who starts off probably, I'm going to assume he starts off bar fight knocking dudes out, and like, hey, you should try boxing. You know, and he starts maybe doing it as a workout and a hobby, turns pro. Because I'm pretty, I'm going to guess to say he doesn't have any or a small amateur background, if any. Um, but I'm pretty sure Sullivan Barrera, who defected to turn pro, has a huge amateur background. And that's one of those things you learn. And they think, even like the the HBO commentating was even saying like you know, for him to to have a shot when you see that uh, elite boxing, you know just that that level of class from uh, Sullivan Barrera, you you have to trade with him. You have to sacrifice his punches to land him, and that's one of those things he just didn't do. I, you know, well also when your jaw's broken, you want to kind of protect it. It's just gonna be natural instinct. But have you ever really seen? No, and this goes on to. I guess you know what I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you on that on the the next fight we cover and remember I'm to get to that. it was a great fight for being what it was yeah. like I actually liked it I I enjoyed it Sol I Sol Sullivan Barrera he showed me what I thought he could do mm -hmm. and one of the reasons why I was kind of worried worried about him when he fought Andre Ward mm -hmm. just because of his potential but yeah. then Andre Ward just shows why he's Andre Ward yeah. but I can't wait to see what this guy really does and especially what he does in this weight class and whether he goes up or down or whatever he decides well, to do. I mean, to get we, the can, name, we so. can throw him in, with, in there with Marcus Brown. Um, yeah. Sergey Kovalev's coming off of two losses. He needs a good test. Yeah. Adonis Stevenson, we know he ain't doing much. Andre Fonfair. I would like to see him beat on uh, Adonis Stevenson. I need Adonis Stevenson. Somebody needs to do his, something with Adonis with Stevenson. Him. He needs to do something. Matter of fact, he needs to do something, not well, about somebody else. They're putting him in with a pretty tough, uh, his next fight, I guess, the leader Alvarez, and that's a, a pretty good, solid fighter, so we'll see how that goes. But for Sullivan Barrera, how would you feel with him in a rematch against Andre Ward? I wouldn't. What, same thing, dude, same outcome? Dude, well, Andre Ward coming off of Sergey Kovalev, man, it's... Same way I felt about Floyd coming off of a Canelo win. I'm like, what is anybody going to do with him? There's nothing that's going to happen. If There's Canelo fought gonna... Mayweather again, how, same outcome? It's same outcome. Same outcome. Now, was your boy Joe Smith Jr., when he knocked B-Hop out the ring, was that father time just caught up to him? Or is uh, Joe Smith Jr. a little overrated? No, Joe Smith Jr., no, it's not overrated. It's just if you can cut off the ring well, and you, it's, it shouldn't be that difficult Oh, I'm not gonna say that. It's easier said than done. But when you're, when you there's a 30 year difference in age in the fighter, you should <laughs> be able to cut off the ring and at least corner him, because legs always go first, and his power is is, is devastating. That's proven. He he can, you know, punch you and knock you out. And then B Hop just kind of bent over and caught it at that right angle to where he just kind of disappeared into into darkness when he <laughs> fell off the ring. But if you when he knocked out Andre from Farah. I never heard of Joe Smith then. I thought he was going to get worked by Funfar, and the next thing I know, the fight's getting stopped in two rounds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he's got punchy power. When he hit Sullivan Barrera, 
If that was in we the beginning that. of the we round, could be a totally different outcome. Huh? You know? So he's got punching power. It's there. And you can't really overrate punching power because if it lands, that could be the end of the night. A lot of fighters have fought on way too long because of that. One of them, uh, a name I'll say, Randall Bailey, is a name that I'll throw around because uh, he had a, a, a championship late, you know, two world titles, one early, one late in his career, and then he ended up losing to Jeff Horn, a school teacher. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the names they try to say in there, but he went this long because he has one punch power. So, you know what? You know I don't like you too much, man. I do love you. I don't like, I like you, but you know what? Whenever you throw out stuff like that, man, because hey, I don't know if you guys know about my man Sonny Ill over here, man. For the knowledge that he has in boxing, this is like, he's a pretty young cat for the knowledge that he has in boxing, man. Oh, like Flattering will get you yeah, everywhere. Yeah, you say, <laughs> no, if you really think about it, man, because we're talking about a sport that's been around for 110 100 plus, 100 years plus. Don't man. think older like, than is boxing is whorehouses. Yeah, basically, basically what it is, man. And even then. They still went hand in hand for the most part. Sure. Right? <laughs> Only thing older than boxing is whorehouses. With a picture of uh, Oscar don't, De La Hoya on don't. there. Uh, which part, the lingerie or the gloves? Uh, it depends on your age. You'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but man, I'm I'm really stunned by your. I'm not even. No, you know what? We've been doing this long. I'm not even stunned by it, man. But every once in a while, you have the. You have the ability to impress me, man, and, yeah, I, yeah, and yeah. I and I appreciate you for that, man. I, I like that. I told you this is what that. a real podcaster's body looks like. <laughs> Hey, Joe Smith Jr., he can bounce back uh, once his jaw heals. Sullivan Barrera, high expectations at this point. You're not ready for another Andre Ward. That mm-hmm. rematch will probably never happen because Andre Ward might go up. We, we, uh, probably, we only certain, got maybe one or two uh, years left. Certainly Kovalev would, would be great because the thing is, that's literally, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say Joe Smith Jr. is in a pound for pound rankings, no. but as far as... If Sullivan Barrera what, wants it, to be there... Hey, as far as Sergey Kovalev having the punching power, but then the next step is the boxing intelligence that the Joe Smith Jr. lacks. That would be a next test for yeah. Sullivan Barrera. What can and you do Sergey with a guy Kovalev. who's as smart as you that hits harder? Exactly. What are you going to do then? Exactly. Good win for Sullivan Barrera. Um, I like him a lot because he's one of those few Cubans who speaks English. You know, in the, in the after a fight meeting, uh, a lot of them will speak what's comfortable because, you, you know, you're on live TV. But, you know, in the fighters' meetings, the, the day before the fights, he speaks English. You hear him speaking English after the fight, too. So, mad props for that one. I always love that, just when you see people with that ability to learn. Now, next one was a pretty interesting fight. We we got your, my man, Robinson Castellanos, who I'm a fan of, because he helped us, he helped create something. The Tin Man Award. <laughs> you know, and that's something I really like, because he made Eurogos Gamboa. Eurogos Gamboa, the... The first, he's going to be the, well, he's in the front running right now to be the first ever recipient of the Tim Man Award. We got Nicholas Walter from last year, you know, honorary. Yeah. He, it was, the Tim Man Award wasn't around when he got it. He's so lucky he, because he, we would have sent that to him. We're, we still yeah. might. Still, we, because, right? <laughs> you get an asterisk Tim Man Award. So you like, can find hey. somebody to take a tomato can, turn it into a little axe or something like a, like a, one of those origami swans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll send it to Nicholas Walter's, you know, special but then he fought this dude, uh, Jezreel Corrales. Yes, uh, this guy came in. Jezreel Corrales came in at uh, twenty-one and one with eight knockouts when it happened. Now this I thought is it was guy... Cisco from you know back in the day, the '90s singer at first. He came in looking like the, with the, like a horrible, like Rodman stunt double is what he came in looking like with that. What? I'm mad. At the, I'm yeah. mad at his homies for letting him dye his hair blonde like yeah, that. Yeah, man, I didn't like what his hair looked like, but you know what? He came in there and he did his job. Maybe it was a distraction. I don't know. He barely did his job because he got knocked down twice. Yeah. Castellanos got knocked down twice and yeah. he barely won. Um, he got the W. But I wasn't too impressed with this dude. He came in big for a 130-pound fight, walked in 147 pounds. Yeah. Uh, so he definitely had that weight on him. But, well, he, has I mean, no, he has no punching power at no. all. I don't think, I mean, he's going to be able to box. He's got like six knockouts it? or something? Eight. He has okay. eight knockouts, man. He's not. I'm not. I'm not going to say he's not going to last long in that division, but you know, he's at a super featherweight. He's at 130 pounds. There's a lot of killers around walking around that he area. He blew up man. 17 pounds overnight. Is that weight? Do you think the difference on how he even got these knockdowns with Castellanos, or just off balance, just landed him right? Because if you're a good boxer, that's how you'll get him. Well, yeah, if you only, I mean, if you got, well, now 22 wins, man, you're, you got to box somewhat. Yeah. You have to be at least a decent boxer, man. He's young and hungry. He can move well. Uh, 
You said a Cisco. I had him as a Simon Phoenix lookalike. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. going to give you that one. I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to give you that one. Yeah, he ain't man. no demolition man, but yeah. Definitely agree with you so, on that one. Definitely. Yeah. Just like I said, he doesn't have he doesn't have enough power. Um, and actually, from what I saw, it was only a round seven knockdown uh, Corrales had. But uh, he did get knocked down, and he was hurt. I mean, Castellanos. Um, hey, fight stopped on headbutts. What's the last time we've seen a fight stopped on headbutts? Man, his, yo, Castellanos looked terrible, man. Right? His his whole face was beat up, man. Hey, all I know is those scars better get him late because he had one, like, right down the eye, like Scarface. It was pretty rough. And so even after all that boxing, man, you just squeaked out a majority decision. Yeah. Barely. Barely on that one. And yeah, so we got a 94, 94, 94, uh, 90. One had a draw, right? Yeah, one had a nine draw. And then one guy had 96, 92. I don't know what you were watching because it was back and forth. I had yeah. this pretty even. It, it was either uh, a draw or one, one, one yeah. round away, maybe, because it, it was a tight, close fight. And even the HBO commentator said, this is a fight that deserves a rematch. It, yeah, it does. It really does, too. Castellanos real quick, because this is a dude that, I believe he has a loss for like Lomachenko. Uh, he's got uh, he's got that win over your your Gamboa. But I feel like this is a guy who's been through it. Just because of those names alone, let's 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 learn a little bit more about my man Castellanos here, because he put up a tough fight with a dude that probably should have dominated him, or a dude that they were expecting to dominate. Even nah, though it probably should have been Yorkis uh, Gamboa nah, in there. Just uh, Oscar Escondón, who we covered earlier mm-hmm. this year. Uh, Yorkis Gamboa, those are going to be uh, Rocky Juarez, uh, okay. Rene Alvarado. Okay. Uh, so he's got some names there. He's possible. He's got some, yeah. Okay, okay. So he's not he's definitely not a slouch. He's a gatekeeper for sure. Um, but 20, 24, and 13, 14 knockouts. Corrales yeah. has any of the names in there we might have heard of? Because I know we've seen him fight before. And, it, dang, did you blow up 17 pounds? What, what, yeah, two uh, two back to back. Takashi Uchi Uchiyama. Well, it's got to be a solid win because we know the Japanese fighters are tough. <laughs> yeah, that's what it. One ended in the KO, another one ended in the split decision. Okay, okay. So that was that was the only name name. I mean, yeah, because he was undefeated when he first fought him, and then his only he had a no contest. But his second fight of his career uh, was the John Ton Arenas. That was about it. And okay. then after that, he's been he's been clearing out everybody except for one contest, one no contest with uh, Jonathan Perez. Now we know the 130 pound division is pretty stacked. It's got some oh. big names in there. Um, if if you're blowing up 17 pounds overnight like that, I don't know how how you're doing it. I don't know how you're making weight. Um, he better stay there because that punching power is not going to get him nowhere in that nope, light. That not light at weight, all. The, 135, 140. 135, 140. You stay you stay away. Right. You it's stay not, away. Not many can do what Paulie did with with. Not having, you know, at least average knockout power. So, mm-hmm. I wasn't too impressed with Corrales. He has good boxing skill. Yeah, because he's still, he's still in a division where you got Geronte Davis, Lomachenko, Miguel Burchelt are holding belts. Uh, if you're a fighter, anywhere <laughs> between 120, I'll say 126 pounds between 126 and 147. Don't you, fight. You got to know your place, for sure. Because there's going to be some where you're like, I definitely got this dude. And then you got other guys who are like, I'm not ready yet. And don't let pride talk on that one, too. And so. I don't think Jezreel Corrales is ever going to be ready for that type of caliber yeah. fighter, man. And he, I don't think he, he did enough a- to where we're going to see him headlining any cards anytime soon. Um, Dakashi Mirror is a name that we've mentioned before. You can find him in that Squared Circle app available in Google Play and iTunes. Under that fight of the year category he had with Francisco Vargas, right? Yeah. Francisco Vargas got one loss on his record to Miguel Burchard. <laughs> now... I did not expect Brashad to beat Francisco Vargas. Knock him out. Stop him. Man, hold on. Let me get to I'm going to go uh, as my man uh, got Tony Kornheiser Korn- 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 say, man, let me go to the paper on this, man. Let me go to the paper on this. Let me go to the notebook this. on this, man. The notebook. Chick flick. So, he had a knockdown around one. A lot of movement. He was patient, and he picked his, he picked his spots. Both of these guys are really dangerous, though, man. But for the most part, Miguel Burchell imposed his will the whole fight. Francisco man. Vargas and Takashi Guerra had a battle for fight of the year that went back and forth and was yeah. just a brawl. Miguel Burchell, this is a good boxer puncher. Yeah. Great movement. I'm, I'm pretty sure he might have had a fractured rib in, like, round 9 or 10. Uh, Takashi Mura, man. I t- he tried to cut the corners. He- this had to be just muscle memory, right? Because I'm pretty uh, sure he was out of it maybe by the eighth round and just he started measuring I, I punches about, I think about halfway through the fight I was just like 
you need to make this ugly because yeah. at the rate at the rate this is going you're going to be nowhere near winning a decision of this fight man and you're going to have to sit there and really really do he was he was punishing miguel Burchard was punishing at every turn though round eight was good that was uh that was on the round it was the whole fight though it was funny because like kind of like the There's fight that we covered earlier fight. the fight we covered earlier today uh like uh joe not joe smith but um who we just talked about? Just, just with Sullivan Burr. Yeah. Yeah, because just with got dominated, but he yeah, still yeah, had yeah. some good action. But still dangerous throughout the whole fight. Takashi Mirror, you can still kind of tell that. Uh, I don't know what this guy. Like the do, seventh man. or eighth round is when he just started measuring. You know, just kept, kept his hand out there. Um, they they gave him a warning for holding behind the head and punching when he was kind of just measuring, and the dude just fell into it. Uh, I think that's when Miguel Burchall did he did a little flop in there, maybe just get a little bit of time because I don't think he was hurt from it, but. You saw him putting everything into that left hand. Yeah. And some of those body punches he was landing on, man, they were exchanging some good body punches. But, but, but Gil Burchow, man, way to stand your ground and not break your game plan. Man, what, what did I say? What does that say right there, man? Stay, that's what I'm talking Stay about. Stay to your game plan. And then, so that, that's beautiful because that's exactly what I thought. I was just like, man, this is the guy did not break. He did not do anything outside of the norm. What How he was supposed old is to this do. kid? Which one? Brashaw. Mirrors, he's a former world champion. He's getting up there. You know, he might be old for boxing. He's so. 25. Brashaw? Yeah. Man. But, this is a tough, this is a good, man, this this boy's bad. I like him. He's good. He's slick. And he got great, great ring generalship. Um, good conditioning because he stayed moving all 12 rounds. What does that say? That's what I'm talking about. Man, me and you are on the same page. No, Conditioning man. was the key, dude, because he, to keep Takashi Mirror on there, you gotta move. You Lateral gotta movement. You can't he, go back. Because he's not gonna he, stop. He's not gonna stop. He's yeah. like the T1000, yeah, man. No. His, so his legs will give out before his brain gives out on that one. Like, he, he will drop to his knees, but still try to go after you and punch it, him. Exactly, man. Um, this is one that was uh, the fight that I was talking about, kind of with the Sullivan Barrera. You don't see too many good one sided fights. Mm -hmm. Like, even though this was just one-sided and Miguel Burchard just ran the table, basically, just like Sullivan Barrera, you don't get that too much where it's just, hey, he's killing them. But at the same time, this is still entertaining because I really don't know what's going to happen. There, when I thought Takashi Mira was hurt and get, about to get taken out, he came right back at that boy and let him know. It was like, yeah. And I don't even know if he knew he was hurt or not, you know? So Takashi Mira, is, is he going to fall in that same category as the Ghost? Eh, Hall of Fame, maybe, maybe not. He's at, a light, he's at a he's at a he's at since he's at a lighter weight class. It might be a little easier to get it, in. Yeah. So Miguel Burchall, this is a name to look out for. Second time we've talked about him and put some good in, information on him. So make sure you guys get used to that one. Now we're gonna go right into uh, Jermaine Taylor. Now this is a uh, some sad stories of boxing. We got you know Pritchard Cologne. We saw yeah. Tevin Farmer tweet out about him. Uh, John Scully's doing a fundraiser for a former Olympist. Uh, Gerald McCullen, another sad story. Jermaine Taylor. This was a guy who was once a unified champion, and I've always said had a padded record, but he got protected, and then he fought Kelly Pavlik, got knocked out, and never really been the same since. Um, now he had another run-in with the law. What's the article you can't find on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash square circle 101. We have that if you want to continue reading on it, though. Now, at the same time, it was, it was kind of smart what he did because he, he bit his girlfriend. <laughs> Now, you definitely know, as a brother, you cannot put your hands on a woman at all. If you're a former fighter, you definitely cannot put your hands on anybody outside the ring because you're going to be looking at some, some kind of different things. Now, he should have did the Marv Albert thing and be like, no, nah, it's just like some weird sex thing we're into. But I guess his was actually, it was a conspiracy because he planned it out pretty well. So, um not talking about this. <laughs> yeah, anytime you say he did the smart thing, get bitter. I, I'm done talking to you, man. man what else I mean, we got? What else? Are we you got, promoting man? domestic violence? You I'm think he should have hit that woman? I'm, that's not what I said. Hey, that's not what I said. For all the promoters know. and managers out there, just because you think you have a gem, put your fighter in there with tough competition and make them test himself because this is how you find out if they're really the best. Jermaine Taylor was a great amateur standout. Got protected once he became the unified champ. Once he got in there with a live dog, Kelly Pavlik, knocked him out. Kelly Pavlik knocked him out. Ain't never been the same since. Super 6 Series got knocked out bad by Carl Frock. Um, and now he's got these run-ins with, with the law. So this is another sad story in boxing. 
You know, that's why, like I said, in those fights, when you look to the crowd, any old fighters you see in there either just retired or they got some kind of stake in it because they're like a promoter or you're, you're Roberto Duran. Um, now, let's talk about what's the hype. We got Maymac, right? I have here Bobby Flay versus Gordon Ramsay. So is this on the fight card? No, nah, that's not on the fight. That's not on the fight card. Uh, that's one of the things is um, I love I love and I hate the internet so much. But <sighs> uh, I had one in the meme that I saw. It was like everybody's so worried about this Mayweather McGregor fight. Bobby Flay just uh, or Flan just uh, called out Gordon Ramsay for a pay per view cook off. I would actually spend my money on watching uh, that. Just live on the is Food Network. Live on the Food Network. Hey, I'm dead serious, man. That's oh, something. Man. Now, that's more of a competition than this. Would uh, George Mayweather Foreman have to come out of retirement for commentating on this he, one? He may. I would like to see. I would like to see uh, Big George in there. But interesting because this, it actually would be an entertaining thing having two cooks going off like that. Especially Gordon Ramsay. He's a great personality. Um, you can compare him basically to McGregor with that personality. I don't know if he actually said it. I know. Uh, I know. I told you earlier, man. What he said, man. This chicken is so black. <laughs> it's about to put out an album. Like, oh <laughs> like, man, that is gold right there. Uh, oh is, god. If he was a born American, he would lose his TV shows probably, because they would automatically brand him racist. But since he's not, you know. Oh, that's hilarious, man. So, that man, is we gotta, comedy. He's got to be Jewish for that joke, oh, right? Got to be Jewish I, for I, that joke. Hey, man. So. Maymac, how are you feeling about this, man? This is becoming a big event. The minds behind this are putting all the right things in place to get people talking about it and focused on it. But most people are still convinced that it's going to be a shutout, right? They really are. And then the thing is, they're doing a great job of selling this. Like as I far see as some of this stuff and I'm like, man, this is going to be a good fight. And I have to shake my own self out yourself. of it. And it's... That's the reason why they're taking so long with all this, and they have to do the world tour. They have to build up the hype behind it because, like us, us, us boxing heads, we're gonna sit here and be purists about it. But at the same time, man, it's it's still fighting. It's There's not gonna be another fighting. big. I, I said this with well, I said this two years ago, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd. We will not have an, another event this big. Well, the thing is, you said that with Mayweather and Pacquiao because that was the only fight that made sense that's going to be boxing wise. Cal- yeah. Boxing wise, you did not see this coming. No, not you, at you, all. You, you not never at saw this. You know, in a million years. Yeah. Because I, even when the I talk- can't even see Floyd going in as a UFC fighter in the game. Like they threw Mike Tyson in there because that he got devastating knockout power. They probably won't throw Floyd in there. Yeah, no, but like if you think about it, with with this. You're never going to see, like, I, even when they were in the beginning of talks about this, I was just like, there's no possible way they're going to put this together. Yeah. And, and, and even now, I'm still like, I don't believe that this is actually happening. This is really happening. It, it's like, it's like your first Christmas almost. I was like, yeah, Santa Claus is real. And then you wake up in the morning and it's there. And you're like, oh, wow, this, this actually happened. But like, they, man, these guys are selling this fight. McGregor is selling this fight like crazy. It's but so it, entertaining. It's so entertaining and not entertaining at the same time. But, it's like a bad fa- rap battle. What if Father Time caught up to Floyd? I've been thinking about that a lot too, man, because we know... We, oh, because in boxing, we don't... Any sport, football, basketball, baseball, if they gradually fall off. I've seen more fighters age in the ring real fast. Robert Grell. Just, we just seen it right before our eyes. Roy Jones Jr. Yes. Yeah, right? You literally went from, hey, yo, this guy's the greatest thing I've ever seen, to... Oh, damn. What, that's hey, it? Hey, yo, yeah. you need to please, quit. You please need to re- stop retire, retire, man. Yeah, and if, if Floyd gets... We know Robert... We know McGregor can punch. We know he can knock dudes out in his sport. He's going to have people working with him. The guy that... His coach is is a very smart strategic fighter as far as getting a game plan. Um, we don't know what game... I know what game plans they haven't tried with Floyd. But he's the the May Vinci code or something I read recently. And I thought that was great. Man, these dudes are talking a lot of smack, man. I don't know if I want them to fight. I, you know, there's one thing that uh, your man Polly Malinaji said that I have to take in consideration, man. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to anybody's opinion, man. Is you have Conor McGregor finally in a stand-up boxing match where you don't have to worry about being kicked or anything like that, where you can just focus on just a... Shoulders to head. Well, everybody tries to say that 12 rounds is going to hurt him. But when you got five five-minute rounds of punching, grappling, and kicking, standing up for three-minute rounds is, is light work, actually. Actually, I don't know about that, man, because it's still you. 
there's a lot of resting. There's a lot of resting in boxing. It can be if you know how to if box. If you know how to do it, right? If you yeah. know how to do it. But there's a lot of resting in UFC, man. There's a lot of laying on the ground. There's a lot See, of being. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff they've corrected is. with UFC, though, man. And when you have to get down, if you try to take a dude down three times in one fight and he defends it, coming back from that is going to be difficult. You might have just lost all your energy that yeah, round. Yeah, just shooting. So it's interesting to see how it's going to play out. Um, Mayweather has never faced anybody that will stand and talk, match him on a smack for smack talk. Ricky Hatton. Oh, that's true, that's true. And that's how British action, British action helped, but it was also probably the cocaine. So who knows? McGregor's just, that's his personality every day of the week. And I love how this dude came out with no shirt, fur coat. You got the FU pinstripe suit that I, I want. What about, what about the article we posted on our page about him getting knocked out in sparring? Floyd doesn't think it's true. Jesse Vargas was the first one to say something about this. And he's a dude that... I don't think Jared, Jesse, he might have never told a lie in his life, Jesse Vargas. He's that good of a dude, apparently. That's the consensus. So, I don't know. I feel like if he did, on a high-caliber fighter, there's footage of it. And for that footage not to surface, it's got to be a big dollar amount paid for it to disappear. And that's money that can be tracked. So, who knows? Who knows? Now, I'm not I'm not into a whole bunch of gossip and a whole bunch of talk like that, but, you know... Maybe this could be my new thing, man. I used to have a point where I wanted all the underground hip-hop tracks. I'm going to go out there and see if I can find all this hidden fight footage of spar matches where these big caliber fighters get knocked down or knocked out. That would actually be a really, really lovely thing to be able I'll, to witness. I'll be, I'll be like Bad Skills, the Ghost Rider. <laughs> like, yo, yo, I'll put out all these fight videos with your face blurred out. Okay. And then I'll send the ransom letter to you. Oh man, no! But I love hearing the rumors. Behind, I love hearing everything behind this fight. Like even though I hate the spectacle of what the sport is, it's still. And we remember we were talking about in the bar. You know, if Conor McGregor beats Floyd, this is going to be better for the sport of boxing. If he knocks him out, I think. If he gets him on a decision, uh, that could be just people mad at Floyd. I, I honestly think whether I, I honestly think it's going to be better for. It's better for boxing. If McGregor wins, honestly, now this is for this is for an appearance because you're gonna bring it's gonna bring a lot of UFC fighters over there who's gonna take this for the payday, yeah. take these for the paydays and come over and think that they can do it, and they got their following coming over. Hey, this fighter is gonna just come through over this here. perspective of someone who's trained in martial arts for many years is that if I saw something like that happen, it's like oh I can already box now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean I just don't have to kick? Oh, let's do this. What about, what about, like it doesn't go the way. matching to me. Like a John Bones Jones versus a Sergey Kovalev or something like that. Ooh, that'd be a good one. See, it, yeah, see something good. like that'd that. Now, if you good. saw that, I would actually be, be like super right hyped about that. I'm like, now that would be pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, we'll, we'll see how this pans out, man. Hey. I still think I know how it's going to turn out, but still. Next thing you know, they're going to throw in some swords and shields. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of where we're headed already. Basically. So, and this spectacle of a fight is is good entertainment to watch, but not like this card I'm looking forward to because I have. I have a countdown I want to get into, but let's talk about the weekend before with Chocolatito. So, one of the things that... Okay, this Chocolatito fight card is going to be... What is that? September 9th? Yes. September 9th is before. when that is. The weekend before uh, the Canelo... No, the the Mayweather. The Mayweather-McGregor. No, or which one is that? Which one? The, May, the Triple G that's Canelo. Sep, that's okay, September that's 17th. 17th. So. Yeah, you're right. So, this Chocolatito fight card, you have a Carlos Quadras on the undercard... And then you also have a Naoya, a Naoya Inoue fight on that card. Now, on this, even though I do want to see this uh, rematch mm-hmm. with Sir Vise, yes. it's like, hold on, man. You got some unfinished business with Carlos Quadras first, and then the number one contender, Inoue, has been waiting for you also, uh, Chocolatito. So I'm, I'm wondering where did, all that, where did all that come from, like, on the same card, and even though you guys should be fighting? Well... They, well, for one, they finally figured out because of the loss of Chocolatito that uh, everybody wanted this eat-away fight. But if you let it marinate, if you think you could let it marinate, sometimes things get thrown in there. Uh, certain Visai is a live dog. Eat-away, anytime you got a Japanese fighter whose nickname is the Monster, that's something to think about because you know he ain't going to be that big of a dude. And if he's devastating knocking these guys out. And he's on the same card as... You think, did they just throw Quadras in there just as like a cons- consolation thing just in case if they can't get, you know, because all these, I think everybody in this fight card, as far as the names, are going to end up fighting each other on the next fight card. 
Not sure how it's going to play out based on the winners because we could see Sword v and Inoue and then the rematch of Chocolatito and Quadris. Yeah. That's a possibility. Or we could see Quadris and Sword Vise, and then we get the fight everybody wanted with Chocolatito and Inoue. So the fight card makes sense, but man, I, the monster is a beast. You don't. Little fighters, when you hear their power, that's real. That's real for sure. Now, I want to give a countdown for that Canelo Triple G, but I don't I don't want to disrespect the other countdown for the fight I'm really looking forward to, and that's on July 29th, because that's 10 days, 50 I'll, minutes away. I'll be in Vegas for that, baby. Not watching the fight, probably, but... No, I already, I already talked to my boys. I already talked to everybody in the Sky Team, man. I'm watching that fight, okay, no matter okay. what we got going on. I'm watching let's that go. fight, man. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey. Hey, Broner's been putting in work, man. He looks phenomenal. I Like, he, has he been going to RCF? I think so. He's, he's I like, think no, so. yo, Adrian Broner's out there putting in work, man. And it's. I think he well, knows what's on get, the line. We're gonna, he, yeah, he knows he what's on the line. He definitely knows what's on the and line. And I think it's honestly a lot of disrespect for people who just already have him written off. Yeah, man. yeah. That's definitely got to be some motivation. We're going to talk about that, though. Mikey Garcia, just seeing that name against you, that should be the motivation you want. Because if there's anything, you don't want to become the highlight. You don't want to be like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the dude that uh, Mikey Garcia knocked out earlier. He's not you know, so You don't want to become that, that status there. But the Triple G and Canelo fight should be the one we're talking about as far as for what's coming up. Uh, let's see. how What do we got there for that one? I want to see 38 days. No, that's the spectacle fight. 59 days, 49 minutes. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, man. Canelo, Cinnamon versus Triple G. That actually is going to be the title of Bobby Flam versus Gordon Ramsay. It's going to be Cinnamon versus Triple G right there. Hey, they and the thing is, both of the camps look good. I've been seeing more from Canelo just from the output. He started training camp today. Hey, he's not effing around at all. Like, I think it's a whole bunch of bent bent and pent up frustration because Triple G's been calling him out for about two years yeah, and he's yeah. wanted this and now it's Oscar De La Hoya's letting the Made dog it leash. <sighs> Canelo's a beast too. Are you up to the cinnamon challenge? So many people want to call it out but are you really up to the cinnamon challenge? We haven't seen one success story with it on, on YouTube yet but this is the sweet science. We'll find out which champ is here. Make sure you hit us up on facebook.com forward slash squared circle 101 or stalk us on Instagram at Squared Circle 101. Or troll us. Tell me you're a hot chick on Twitter at Talking Smack 101. Because that's all they really do is talk yeah. a little smack to us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, I got it real quick, man. How do you, uh, how do you circumcise a, a, a redneck? Kick his, kick his sister in the jaw. <laughs> that's a horrible... Let's, let's, come on, man. Let's finish off something better. What's the keys to victory? How do we win? Man, success... It's a journey. It's not a destination. Make sure you keep your eyes on the prize. But as you know, it doesn't just stop there once you reach it, man. Always try to set new goals for yourself. That's right. And don't pretend towards women. It's just bad karma. Make sure you hit us up. And you know where to find us. We will get everything fixed here with those technical difficulties. If not, if you listen to us now, we're on SoundCloud. We're everywhere you go. You can search. You can Google us. The photos there of Shooter, I didn't put them up. I swear. But make sure you hit us up. And I'll talk to you guys. Please.